The Secret Shopper Files podcast is presented by Michael Sands, Darren Hunter, and Dennis Youssef from Inspired Growth Training. In each episode, we secret shop property management agencies at a location anywhere over Australia, New Zealand, the United States, or the United Kingdom and deliver our findings and results to you so you know how to dominate in your marketplace by competing better on service and value and not on fees. If you want us to secret shop your competitors, contact us at secretshopperfiles.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here and I'm with Dennis Youssef and Michael Sands. We are Inspired Growth Training and today with the Secret Shopper Files podcast show, we have not jumped on a plane because we're still in COVID conditions, but we are talking about amazing, beautiful, sunny Phoenix. Now, isn't Phoenix an amazing place? It's actually like got a Phoenix. population of 1.6 million. It's this amazing little oasis city in the middle of the desert. And uh, before we get started, I, one of my memories of Phoenix, um, I've, I've actually been there four times now. The first time I was there, um, firstly, I was doing some property management training work in New Mexico, in the north of the state. So to actually get on a plane, I had to drive over the Colorado border. It was snowing, it was like freezing. And, uh, and I hopped on this plane and within an hour, I'm not only landing in Phoenix on my way through to LAX airport, but it was like 34 degrees or for the Americans in the high 90s, I'm pulling off my, my, uh, my warm clothes and enjoying such a beautiful place. But guys, we've done um, two events in Phoenix. We did a two day masterclass, a one day door growth class as well. Um, haven't we got some fond memories? I love Phoenix. I think the people are absolutely amazing, you know, blessed hearts. Um, lovely. We've had great experience meeting so many amazing people. Um, the nightlife there has been, you know, a true one to sample. Uh, yep. We bought some uh, cowboy boots, boots. there. You know, you know, we really got into it. And, and belts. We've got a couple of belts as well, which was really cool. And, and the belts. And it was actually a really, it was a real privilege and a pleasure to have this assignment of doing um, the, the SMR report in Phoenix. Um, you know, we have such a strong affiliation and, uh, and bond with, with that place. You know, Camelback Mountain yeah. we were talking about earlier. Mm. Um, such an amazing, beautiful place. Um, and, and the people there are lovely. So yeah, we great, were- great, great people. Uh, but before we get into it, of course, we've, ha we've had a client um, who actually came to one of our classes and he wanted us to do an SMR report, which is a strategic market report. Now, if you would like us to secret shop your competitors, um, we can call up to 10 and do a detailed report. Just go to secret shopper files.com that's secretshopperfiles.com now michael um and dennis with with this particular secret shopper assignment that we did um we've mm -hmm. done a number now i mean we've done podcasts on adelaide auckland we've done sydney we've done orlando um we've done wellington and each one of these cities have a different flavor or a different issue we come across one in particular in wellington we, uh, we really, really struggled to get anyone of any real interest on the phone. All they wanted to do across the town was just want to push us off to some website. And we're even fortunate to even get them to answer the phone. But let's just say, can we celebrate, Michael? They did pick up the phone in Phoenix. But what did you find? What, what happened? 
You know, look, yeah, as you know, some places around the world, they don't like to pick up the phone. Um, in Phoenix, they picked up the phone. So round of applause there. That was great. What we didn't really um, appreciate was a lot of people that picked up the phone um, were either not part of the company, so they weren't representing them. Yeah, yeah. They weren't in the same country, which isn't so much a bad thing, but to kind of call places and then constantly be told, um, I'll have that person call you back. We'll have that person um, call you back later when, when they're in, in the office. I don't work in the office. Where does the remote uh, messaging system? We'll send the message on. It doesn't cut it. Like, so were these, were these virtual assistants? I don't really think there was so much as virtual assistants. They were messaging companies um, that were taking the phone calls, even like relying on Google, um, you know, the, the Google voicemail system also. And I'm, I'm all fine with automating. People are ringing, they're getting the voicemail, they're leaving a message. But if you're a prospective landlord, which we were, trying to find someone to do business with, answer the phone and speak to us. Michael, I'm about yeah. to drop a bit of a bomb here. I said, are these virtual assistants? I just realized, remember virtual assistants not, not allowed to. Google in Arizona. This was actually staff people, qualified, no doubt licensed staff people that you spoke to. Yeah, and they could have been in another state, right, as well, just uh, without knowing, or a different part of the state. So, um, you know... Yeah. Messaging service, like, there's a lot of people that have, like, you know, messaging services. That's fine. They're not doing work mm. or, or acting as an estate agent. They're just taking details. So, yep. okay, let, let, let's put that aside. So, you ring an office and the person isn't available, but you happen to know that person is actually in the office and isn't doing much work, okay? But so there's a, a roadblock there. Yeah. Then you wait an hour or two for the person to call you back. Now, if you're an owner and you're calling three, four, five different agencies to try and get some high value now, they're not going to wait. I mean, they might say, yes, my phone number is ABC or one, two, three. They're walking. They're going to the next one. Um, so that was really, really, really interesting. And I guess one of the uh, things we would give back to you is make sure the person answering the phone can answer basic questions. They take your details. They find out the property it's about and they can give you some high value um, that you can take away. At least you're getting something. And then when you're calling other, other agencies for a comparison, you've got something with you. Yeah, yeah. Even, even small things like having on hold music, and, and please, please don't say, um, you know, try and give him a call back in a couple of hours. Train that person to ask those basic questions. Name, phone number, email, property details. You know, just get the basics at least so you've got something for somebody to make a call because you don't want to rely on that person because if they're not feeling the love from that first initial um, person they're dealing with, I guarantee they're not going to call you back, you know, yeah. uh, unless the other people they're calling are absolutely horrible and you did set that standard. And, and you know, people are always asking us, Michael, Dennis, Darren, can you give us what our points of difference should be? And we're not here to tell you what your points of differences are. But I'll tell you what a, what a massive point of difference is, answering your phone and making sure the person who picks up can answer some of those questions. So there's a free point of difference for you. When you go and meet your prospective clients, you can say when a tenant calls our company, we will be able to answer and help resolve their inquiry, just like yeah. when you call it. There's a freebie. Okay, there's a point of difference for them. Now, I guess if we're going to be moving on to some points of difference, Darren, do you want us to laying into there well let's just hear what what we're again a point of difference is something that you're saying to an owner 
hey, we're different, um, you should use us, we're different from our competitors down the road, here's why. So when our secret shopper asked that question, Michael, what, what happened? I'm really starting to enjoy hearing the thousands of points of difference across the globe at the moment because um, everyone's really proud of their points, their points of difference, their unique selling proposition, um, if you want. And again, we hear such repetitious behavior across the board. And the more points of difference that we hear, the more I also cringe because I think surely you could have actually found out what your competitors are saying. So when a new prospect calls, they're not hearing the same thing. Family operated. We were a family operated business. I had my parents involved in, in my real estate business and, and that, was, that was great. I guess in my marketplace, there weren't many family run businesses. So that was a point of difference. But if you're in a marketplace where a lot of um, property management companies are actually family run, it's not a point of difference. The owners are calling many different agencies and getting we're a family run business. It's cute. It is. It is quite common. But it's not an effective differentiation to encourage or impress the owner to want to sign mm. with you and not your competitors. It really just, it, it, it's, it's not effective. I mean, how you kind of get around that um, would be, we are a family run business and unlike other family run businesses in the area, we have certain qualifications. For example, my mother, my father, my wife, my, whatever it is. And you can detail and break down the qualification so the person actually knows how unique they are to the business. And when you say things like, and unlike mm. other family run businesses in the area, you start to put a wedge between you and you're qualifying that point of difference. But everyone leaves that unqualified. We're a family run business. The other thing that I see um, a lot of trends around Arizona in general um, is a lot of people moving to the pod style system. And they say, we have a team of people that handle all the different elements of running your property and you will expect to get a phone call from any one of them depending on who is touching which part so can you imagine that you're a prospective owner and you're wanting to call a professional outfit to maintain and manage your investment property so you don't have to and bear in mind a lot of people manage their own property in america mm. you're giving you want to give property to someone else why would you want to have 10 different people calling you throughout the year about things happening with your property how are you going to form a relationship and, that, and that's the truth is I, I remember an agency here in South Australia that uh, quite a large prominent agency that had for a time a pod structure. And so there was four different people uh, in, com uh, in communication with the owner. Um, what can I say? All Indians and no chiefs. No one's taking responsibility. And in the end, they lost a lot of owners because the owner just didn't know who to talk to didn't have one key relationship with one person who actually took responsibility. Now we like the pod systems out there, but people remember owners want to deal with one key person, not mm. a tribe of Indians. They want to deal with one chief. Oh, look, pod systems can work um, remarkably if they're, if they're implemented correctly. We were, you know, yeah, I, we were pod as well. We were, you know, we, we were task based with a BDM and a leasing agent. And then we had the pod system, um, throughout and hey, we, we uh, obviously were prepared for growth and we had to do that uh, and it worked really well um, So, uh, you know, and I've seen some good pod systems out there. They do work well um, However, you know, you, you know as we know property management on its own you already have the issues of that high staff turnover So which brings us to another 
points of difference, Michael, that seems to be very recurring. Doesn't matter what suburb, what state, or what country we're dealing with, they all say they've got 50 years of experience, Michael. Mm. I mean, you know. <laughs> so was, it, was that the case in Phoenix? What, what, what other points of difference did you uh, come across, Michael? You know, I guess um, as technology um, enhances and becomes better and better and the CRMs are lifting their game, and I, think, I do think the American CRMs are lacking a lot compared to other CRMs around the world. Um, but now we're telling everyone that we have 24-7 access for our um, tenancy portals, okay? Um, two years ago, three years ago, that was a point of difference because people hadn't upgraded their, their system. But a majority of people in your marketplace are using the same software that you are, so everybody has access to this portal. The tenants have access, the owners have access. So again, you need to put that wedge in between and put that qualification of why that is a point of difference to have a 24-7 portal available to the tenant. Because it's at the moment, it's a broad sweeping statement that there's access on a tenancy portal. The other thing too, everyone used to rely on, we used to get our professional photos done. We used to do this, like virtual tours. A lot of people are starting to do virtual tours now. That's probably more of a clearer point of difference. But everyone is getting photos taken. Explain to us why your photos are any different to any other agency. Yes, you're going to charge for it. No, you're not going to charge for it. It doesn't matter. But if you're saying this is a point of difference, why are your photos better than it's someone two doors up the road or, you know, two kilometers? I guess in, um, in Phoenix, though, Darren, um, the blocks are like two miles long. So your competitor might be on the next block two or three miles up the road. Um, you need to be able to have that wedge there and actually describe why your photos are better than someone else's. These are points of difference. You can go and get a Burger King burger, a McDonald's burger, a Five Guys burger, an In-N-Out burger. What makes, you know, they're all beef burgers. What makes them different from each other? What, are, what yeah. defines them? In-N-Out burger has loaded fries. <laughs> I love loaded fries. Honey, that what we've got came from Phoenix. We actually, uh, we actually know a realtor that um, used to own uh, and manage several In-N-Out burgers as well. I mean, mm. a big shout out to Heather. Um, so, uh, you know, she's a good friend of ours. I was messaging her today. So um, In-N-Out yep. burgers. What an awesome had one host Heather was in, in, uh, for us in, in, in Phoenix. But just continuing yep. on. Okay, so in a nutshell, in a summary so far, we've had... Um, we had people picking up the phone. That's awesome. We had people following us up, all of that. We didn't have any real issues there. What we did have is people not taking responsibility. I'm sorry. So sad. Too bad. I'm not the person to deal with. I'll get such and such to call you. So there really wasn't any real taking responsibility for the inquiry when it came through, which uh, stalled things. Also, some ineffective points of difference. Um, and, um, and I think Michael, uh, driving in that wedge, why is that point of difference? You know, being a family owned business, why is that a real benefit to, to the person? I think you also made a good comment on the portal. Yes, everyone's got the same sort of portal, but there's a person that promotes it effectively is the one that has the perception of only having the portal. Um, now, what was a company um really good experience i think you said you had one outstanding experience out of the the 10 that were called what happened there and why was it good what were some points around that yeah i, I guess um to put a nice flavor some um, tone on there 
this was in a time when the reception answered the phone, um, was able to take out details, pass it on to the BDM. Mm. The BDM called us back within about an hour, which is totally fine. Um, and that BDM was able to answer every single question that we had with confidence, was diligent, and, and gave us advice about investing um, and, and you know covered off all the local points to what we should be looking for and what was important to us in finding a property management company. They were Michael, they also emailed the information back straight away too within um, a good period of time. Yeah, they, they, they did. We, they were really open about it. There was no, they weren't trying to hide, I'm not saying anyone was trying to hide anything, but they were really, really helpful. They let us know, um, they knew their numbers. They knew average days on market. They knew how many leases they had last month. They knew how many people walked through all their doors in the last um, 30 days. They knew how many um, property managers there were to the team, how many doors each property manager managed. They were statistical, analytical. Um, they knew the area well, and they had an answer for everything that more than satisfied our questions. Mm -hmm. No, that, that, that's really good. All right, well, let, let's just take an, uh, let's go to the next section of the, of the SMR report, the Secret Shopper report, and let's talk about fees. And uh, you've given me the fee matrix, a fee spreadsheet showing all of the fees that were uh, quoted by everybody. We've got everyone's details, which is great. And um, just starting with the, the management fees. Now, I'm not going to be going into the details of this report. Of course, our client has, has paid for this and they've got all of the numbers and all of the figures that everybody quoted. But already I can see there um, the management fee um, was interesting being the main fee that most owners focus on and get concerned about, it looks like around about a 50-50% of the agents there of the, what we call do a fixed rate per month. Yeah, flat fee. The rest are doing a, a, a traditional percentage. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely that, that mix, that divide there. And um, I guess my recommendation, no, I can't give you a recommendation. I guess if you want a recommendation, you've got to ask us about getting a report done. Mm. I, I also saw, you know, these people quoting a fixed amount per month there's like a massive swing um you know uh, of around about 30 percent difference in the numbers now i posted a meme into the inspired growth training facebook page yesterday of some guys building a wall the bricks were all wonky and all over the place it's quite a picture to behold and it was you know the, the, the title was well um if they're cheap they're cheap for a reason um otherwise they would be charging more and I know also from the conversations I've had with Phoenix agents, they go a lot about, we hear a lot of a lot more noise around the discounting frenzy that goes on in Phoenix a little bit more. And I've heard more noise than all the noise I get out of other cities and every other marketplace on the planet, but particularly Phoenix. And it does seem to be people saying, uh, and coming in really, really cheap, but no doubt they are cheap for a reason. They would know likely what other agents are charging, and despite knowing that, they're still coming in cheap because they, they, they're only pricing themselves at the level that they think they're worth. Moving on, um, let's talk about leasing fees. I saw a massive swing of people coming in a, you know, um, at, at half a month's rent right up to one month's rent um, leasing fee, which is a massive swing, again, coming down to people's, um, uh, uh, people's perception of themselves. Would you agree? Yeah, no, totally. And 
I, I think you're right. At one point in time, people got together and they spoke or they thought um, their pricing, they said, this is what's reasonable for real estate property management in the area. Um, yeah, without going saying that they're colluding or anything. Um, but the, it's just, it's amazing to kind of see that there's no, I find there's no real structure to the pricing there. Can I, can I just come in and actually have a look? A third of agents don't actually have a leasing fee. I've just realized that. The rest then have, have a, a, a half and then the rest have this full. Um, so there's this massive swing again, but it's really the other fees that got me because talking about to American real estate agents that you should be charging and on charging your marketing fee, it's, they look at me like a deer in headlights, like what? You can't do that. What's the management fee for? What's the leasing fee for? Yet we've come across two agencies um, that are actually uh, three agencies that are charging uh, quite a reasonable marketing fee for what we see in the States. I'm saying, well done. They're obviously charging it. They believe they're worth it. No doubt they are justifying it. So they get it. Um, and there's other fees as well. Like um, we've, we've, we've got agents, one agency charging a lease preparation fee. There's another one, uh, three agencies charging for repairs and maintenance. There's um, a one agency charging an account setup fee. There's one agent charging for a routine inspection. And guess what? Those agencies that are charging for those additional fees, they're getting it. And the agents that aren't charging it because they don't believe they should be are not. And I, I think it leads me to a story I had with an agency that called us up some years ago in New Mexico. Um, and there was like five agencies in town um, and they're all charging the same management fee. No one was charging a leasing fee. No one was charging a lease rental fee. No one was charging a marketing or routine inspection fee. There was nothing. And this agency said, Darren, we're charging the same as everyone else in town, but we're so much better. And so I said, all right, well, let's work on this strategy. Keep your management fee the same, but we added in a leasing fee, a lease renewal fee, an inspection fee, and another fee, plus also improve their tenant fees because you can charge tenant fees in the United States. Um, and, that, and they blasted it. They went from $125 per property per month or per door per month to um, three years later, they were measuring $266. Um, a per, per door, per property, per month, it's, that's more than a 100% increase. And this was around the ancillary fee. So I just want to encourage everybody, particularly in Phoenix, particularly in the United States, do not ignore your add-on fees. That's where the power is, particularly when owners focus on the management fee, if not the leasing fee. It's the other stuff that flies under the radar. So guys, if you're interested in, what was that? That is just bananas. It is. It is it, crazy. I'm going to hand the reins back over to you because I've been monologuing too long. But guys, if you're interested in better fees, just go to Darren at IGTmail.com or just send us a message at secretshopperfiles.com. But Michael, that was my findings on the fees. It's just they're leaving so much money on the table, but don't we come across that often? Yeah, but I think also largely a lot of the agencies um, were born from solving a problem that they found in the marketplace that they wanted to be able to give better service to their clients. Mm. And, and I think the fees were largely additions to what they started with their mind. And so they started with their leasing, that's so their, um, their, you know, their percentage or the fixed fee, uh, cause I thought that's what they um, should be charging. And then they did all these other things that were free. And I don't think a lot of the people there have revisited what their fees are and what the market um, um, would actually pay for services like that. And like you say, um, Darren, the big butt gets in the way. 
but there is room to move in the market to lift your game and charge the fee. We know that there are owners out there that will pay you what you are worth. Yeah, if, if you can certainly show people um, that, you know, your property should be managed by, by putting in some basic systems, etc., in place, you know, you'll be able to um, be charging those correct fees. I mean, let, 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 let's be honest. It doesn't matter what country it was. Property management grew from the, the tail end of sales, right? A, a person would sell a property. The owner would manage it, find a tenant themselves, etc. Um, however, they would that property management grew within a real estate office when those investors said, I don't have time to do it, I need you to do it, and it grew. So Darren, can I just say, mate, hold my beer for a second. You were on fire, you were doing a great job and you're passionate, but I'd now like to talk about the social media aspect of the stuff that we yeah, saw. Just before yeah. we go, guys, I just want to say out Okay, there, let me have my beer back. Yeah, 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 that's good. <laughs> just, just, I wanted to say one more thing. There's about 500, maybe even $1,000 per door per year that these agencies could work in with some extra add-on fees. So you, if you're listening to this and go, okay, if you've got 500 doors or 400 doors, um, of course, the Americans like to use the word doors. America, Australia New Zealand, we use the word properties. But in doors here, if we had 500 properties or doors times by 500, that's an extra quarter million dollars pure profit. So these are the sort of numbers and $500, guys, is very, very tame. So, all right, Dennis, over to you. Um, let's talk about the digital strength. What did, what did you find around social media and, and what did you guys find out? Yeah, I, I was quite surprised that um, the... I, I want to talk about Google. If I, I'll just talk about Google first before we get into the other social aspect of it. I mean, technology, Michael was talking about it earlier with um, CRMs. When a person's going to walk, if they're not feeling like they're getting that um, information for whoever's on the phone, they're going to Google, right? And the Google presence, it, it, it tended to lack. Um, now, a lot of the people, they look at the reviews. It's great seeing the reviews when um, the replies are being answered. The, the, the business owners are actually replying a Google review. I like it. However, they're not replying the complaints. And that is a common theme that we found in this report. Nobody is replying the complaints. A potential landlord isn't looking at the positive reviews. They're looking at the negative. So they've got an idea of what potentially they're going to be facing. And if these business owners aren't actually replying the reviews, it could be a tenant that's going, oh my goodness, they didn't give me my security deposit back. If an owner just said, well, look, you know, we were, um, thank you for the review. Um, however, we are in the interest of the owners and you were given the property in a particular condition and in times where it's not handed back to our agency um, in the same condition, uh, we do sometimes have to get a truck in to remove the rubbish from the backyard, get a painter in, get a cleaner in and um, etc. A potential owner reading that is going to love it. They're going to think, wow, this agency has got my back when they're not replying. It, it shows guilt. It just shows guilt. Okay. Yeah. Are it's they not acting on our best interests? It's, it's all unanswered. And like, you know, it leaves, it leaves the wandering mind um, exactly that. Wandering to kind of say, well, this must be the worst case outcome if they're not going to defend themselves or at least come back at it. And in America too, you have such a, a, a wide brush stroke that you can reply to your reviews. Unlike other um, parts of the world where there are stronger privacy laws, 
um, you can actually be brutal. We're not telling you to be brutal. We're just saying reply and, and write it as though someone else is reading it. Um, mm. I mean, we can touch on the other thing too that, that um, lacks is Instagram and, yeah. and Facebook. And I guess that whole combo there too. So you're dealing with people that are in multiple different demographic ranges. Okay. So from when they buy their first property, we know people in the States, you know, um, sons have been buying properties since they were 16 years old. You need to be tapping into these demographics because your service needs to be applicable to everyone out there that has a heartbeat that owns, wants to own, knows someone that owns a property. So be visible on those platforms. And I guess again, we see it consistently on this report too, a very small portion of people were actively across all the platforms. So make sure you do your research, you find out what Instagram is about, um, the stories on there, more eyeballs are on the stories. And I mean, you guys are blessed. You have got such a beautiful landscape there. Why wouldn't you be out there taking photos, pushing that on social media and drawing on the emotional heartstrings of the local people that kind of say, I know that place. I've been there. I walk there. I eat there. I drink there. I dance there. You know, you are going to get that recognition. I mean, just by going and, and attending local cafes, local restaurants, I mean, maybe not what with COVID um, is on, but when you can do it, be out there, be mm. visible. Lifestyle. Lifestyle, but they're not doing it, Dennis. Like they're just not No, I know. But you know, they should be as you know, as the, the three of us know, you don't just put a photo on Instagram and show the people that you're being present within your local community, but you tag that business that you're at so that business owner knows that you are promoting their business as well. You know, you then become top of mind for them and for their followers, etc. You know, do do a fifteen second video there um, as well. Add it to your stories and and show that consistency of you um, being a community leader and becoming the the top of mind. So Instagram, I was really really surprised, really surprised that there's um, there was hardly anyone that was even touching it. And and if we talk about Facebook, nobody has even got their their tags and opening hours completed on, on the Facebook pages. You know, they're not even saying that they're a real estate office, um, you know, um, and just the opening hours makes the biggest difference I think, difference Michael, you well. mentioned the word backyarder. You saw a lot more what we call backyarders there. What, what, what is a backyarder? Yeah, a lot, a lot of mum and dad operations, those that um, wanting to make a difference um, to, to the world, but in, in a micro capacity, I guess. Um, they have friends and family with um, a few doors and they will manage the doors on their behalf and then they will take on other properties just through natural um, process there. No real structure in place. If things go were to go wrong, they would be um, open to, I guess, legal avenues there, um, as opposed to some of the people there, they're actually taking the next step, the next level, putting in the processes, manuals, workflows, having staff, having the, the full the full procedure there of, you know, um, finding a tenant, finding a property, putting them in, leases, managing the property throughout the year. Um, there is that divide. Unlike, you know, Australia, for example, New Zealand, or Australia where it's more regulated, um, you look at countries like America where there are a lot of mum and dad operations there that shouldn't actually be doing property management, right? Like the property should be given just to a professional working full-time on it, and it's not just a, a secondary occupation there. I guess that's also kind of a little bit more fearful um, going through COVID where people are losing their jobs. Uh, more smaller operators going to try and pick up um, in these areas where they don't need to be licensed, regulated, and um, even worse, are they going to take back properties from the managing agents that are looking after the properties now to try and save a few dollars? 
how is that going to look in the marketplace? And if you're, if you are a local agent in, in this area, be mindful of this and use it to your advantage, have your professional, um, uh, standards and morals and values plastered on your website, on your socials, everywhere. Let people know why they should be doing business with you. And again, going back to what I said earlier, your points of difference, make sure if it's a family run business, explain the qualifications of the family. Okay. Like, um, put that wedge mm-hmm. in there for using technology, explain how it's going to benefit that prospective owner. And, you know, rather than saying we have a 24 seven portal access, what does that mean for the owner? How is that going to benefit them? Can they see their statements? You know, when are they going to get their rent paid? Be clearer on your points of difference. It's easy. We could go on for yeah. hours, Darren, but we're not. It's a, it's a podcast. It's short. So let, let's start to wrap this up a bit. Now, we delivered the report to our client. Mm-hmm. Um, what was some of the usefulness that our client got out of it? Perhaps do you remember why he wanted to get the report done in the first place? Yeah, I think it was like they ran their own operation. And, and i got to say, Darren, like, they're very good. Like we, we really very well. appreciated um, them. They, they are good. Um, we, we love their enthusiasm, their service levels. Um, I even think they were surprised like, where they where they sat um, in there. They chose um, competitors that they weren't too familiar with. And I guess they wanted to know where they were sitting in, in the marketplace. And uh, you, you secret shopped them without telling them. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. Well we added them to the list. And their, their confidence, um, uh, their self-worth as agents, actually, you could see the smile on the client's face, um, that they, their confidence was growing as we, we were going through the report. And, and you know what? That actually brings joy to us as well. Yes, we can nitpick at some of the things, but the idea is we're pointing out these areas so it can showcase the things that people have got to do to improve. And um, this particular client, you know, um, that their confidence, it, it went up. It was really yep. good to see. Yep. Once yeah. they knew the truth about where they sit in the market and the truth of perhaps of their competitors, I think everyone's got a perception of the strength of their competitors. But when uh, a strategic market report, a secret shopper report, we go in, we can reveal and expose all sorts of things that, they weren't even aware of that just elevates uh, the the client's confidence um, to really dominate and lead, which is what they want to do. Well, we're doing a comparable market analysis of the real estate offices where they're sitting in it, like uh, a BDM should be doing for an owner with the vacant properties or the houses for sale. We're doing it for the real estate office. And um, yeah, and it really opens up some eyes and it really, um, you know, and sometimes these reports, they certainly highlight that, you know, you are lacking in a particular area. Then they know what to put in place to improve, which is great. I mean, it's all about bettering the industry and that's what we like about it. So, I mean, these reports are like, they're 120, 130 plus pages long, incredibly comprehensive, some amazing detailed information. Well done, Michael, to you and your team putting this together. So let's wrap it up. Of course, if you are interested in getting a report done on your marketplace, just email or just go to secretshopperfiles.com. That's secretshopperfiles.com. And we'll be in touch with you um, and give you a quote. Uh, And also we can have a chat about your needs in your marketplace. So great podcast, guys. Well done on one of our favorite places, Phoenix. Um, And uh, such a beautiful place. And again, to all the people in Phoenix, thank you so much for your hospitality. We look forward to getting back there again. So thanks, lads. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, you can't cook an egg without cracking 
that shell to start. So just get out there and contact us so we can help you as well. We did find some places in Phoenix with excellent bacon though. Good bacon and eggs, a few little diners there. Yep. Alrighty. Thanks guys. Take care. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here and I'm with Dennis Youssef and Michael Sands. We are Inspired Growth Training and today with the Secret Shopper Files podcast show, we have not jumped on a plane because we're still in COVID conditions, but we are talking about amazing, beautiful, sunny Phoenix. Now, isn't Phoenix an amazing place? It's actually like got a Phoenix. population of 1.6 million. It's this amazing little oasis city in the middle of the desert and uh, before we get started I, one of my memories of phoenix um I've, I've actually been there four times now the first time i was there um firstly i was doing some property management training work in new mexico in the north of the state so to actually get on a plane i had to drive over the colorado border it was snowing it was like freezing and, uh, and I hopped on this plane and within an hour, I'm not only landing in Phoenix on my way through to LAX airport, but it was like 34 degrees or for the Americans in the high 90s. I'm pulling off my, my, uh, my warm clothes and enjoying such a beautiful place. But guys, we've done um, two events in Phoenix. We did a two-day masterclass, a one-day door growth class as well. Um, haven't we got some fond memories? I love Phoenix. I think the people are absolutely amazing, you know, blessed hearts. Um, lovely. We've had great experience meeting so many amazing people. Um, the nightlife there has been, you know, a true one to sample. Uh, yep. We bought some uh, cowboy boots, boots. there. You know, you know, we really got into it. And, and belts. We've got a couple of belts as well, which was really cool. And, and the belts. And it was actually a really, it was a real privilege and a pleasure to have this assignment of doing um the the smr report in phoenix um it, you know we have such a strong affiliation and uh, and bond with with that place you know camelback yeah. mountain we were talking about earlier mm. um such an amazing beautiful place um and, and the people there are lovely so yeah we great, were great, great people uh, but before we get into it of course we've ha we've had a client um who actually came to one of our classes and he wanted us to do an smr report which is a strategic market report now if you would like us to secret shop your competitors um we can call up to 10 and do a detailed report just go to secretshopperfiles.com that's secretshopperfiles.com now michael um and dennis with with this particular secret shopper assignment that we did um, we've mm -hmm. done a number now. I mean, we've done podcasts on Adelaide, Auckland. We've done Sydney. We've done Orlando. Um, we've done Wellington. And each one of these cities have a different flavor or a different issue we come across. One in particular in Wellington, we, uh, we really, really struggled to get anyone of any real interest on the phone. All they wanted to do across the town was just want to push us off to some website. And we're even fortunate to even get them to answer the phone. But Let's just say, can we celebrate, Michael? They did pick up the phone in Phoenix, but what did you find? What happened? You know, look, yeah, as you know, some places around the world, they don't like to pick up the phone. Um, in Phoenix, they picked up the phone. So round of applause there. That was great. What we didn't really um, appreciate was a lot of people that picked up the phone um, were either not part of the company 
so they weren't representing them. Yeah, yeah. They weren't in the same country, which isn't so much a bad thing, but to kind of call places and then constantly be told, um, I'll have that person call you back. We'll have that person um, call you back later when, when they're in the, in the office. I don't work in the office. Where does the remote uh, messaging system? We'll send the message on. It doesn't cut it. Like, so were, they, were these virtual assistants? I don't really think there were so much as virtual assistants. They were messaging companies um, that were taking the phone calls, even like relying on Google, um, you know, the, the Google voicemail system also. And I'm, I'm all fine with automating. People are ringing, they're getting the voicemail, they're leaving a message. But if you're a prospective landlord, which we were, trying to find someone to do business with, answer the phone and speak to us. Michael, I'm about yeah. to drop a bit of a bomb here. I said, are these virtual assistants? I just realized, remember virtual assistants not, not allowed to. in Arizona. This was actually staff people, qualified, no doubt licensed staff people that you spoke to. Yeah, and they could have been in another state, right, as well, just uh, without knowing, or a different part of the state. So, um, you know... Yeah. Messaging service, like, there's a lot of people that have, like, you know, messaging services. That's fine. They're not doing work mm. or, or acting as an estate agent. They're just taking details. So, yep. okay, let, let, let's put that aside. So, you ring an office and the person isn't available, but you happen to know that person is actually in the office and isn't doing much work, okay? But so there's a, a roadblock there. Yeah. Then you wait an hour or two for the person to call you back. Now, if you're an owner and you're calling three, four, five different agencies to try and get some high value now, they're not going to wait. I mean, they're most seconds. My phone number is ABC or one, two, three. They're walking. They're going to the next one. Um, so that was really, really, really interesting. And I guess one of the uh, things we would give back to you is make sure the person answering the phone can answer basic questions. They take your details. They find out the property it's about and they can give you some high value um, that you can take away. At least you're getting something. And then when you're calling other, other agencies for a comparison, you've got something with you. Yeah, yeah. Even, even small things like having on hold music, and, and please, please don't say, um, you know, try and give him a call back in a couple of hours. Train that person to ask those basic questions. Name, phone number, email, property details. You know, just get the basics at least so you've got something for somebody to make a call because you don't want to rely on that person because if they're not feeling the love from that first initial um, person they're dealing with, I guarantee they're not going to call you back, you know, yeah. uh, unless the other people they're calling are absolutely horrible and you did set that standard. And, and you know, people always asking us, Michael, Dennis, Darren, can you give us what our points of difference should be? And we're not here to tell you what your points of differences are. But I tell you what a what a massive point of difference is answering your phone and making sure the person who picks up can answer some of those questions. So there's a free point of difference for you. When you go and meet your prospective clients, you can say when a tenant calls our company, we will be able to answer and help resolve their inquiry, just like yeah. when you call it. There's a freebie. Okay, there's a point of difference for them. Now, I guess if we're going to be moving on to some points of difference, Darren, do you want us to laying into there well let's just hear what what we're again a point of difference is something that you're saying to an owner hey we're different um you should use us we're different from our competitors down the road here's why so when our secret shopper asked that question michael what, what, what happened i'm really starting to enjoy hearing the thousands of points of difference across the globe at the moment 
because um, everyone's really proud of their points, their points of difference, their unique selling proposition, um, if you want. And again, we hear such repetitious behavior across the board. And the more points of difference that we hear, the more I also cringe because I think surely you could have actually found out what your competitors are saying. So when a new prospect calls, they're not hearing the same thing. Family operated. We were a family operated business. I had my parents involved in, in my real estate business and, and that, was, that was great. I guess in my marketplace, there weren't many family run businesses. So that was a point of difference. But if you're in a marketplace where a lot of um, property management companies are actually family run, it's not a point of difference. The owners are calling many different agencies and getting we're a family run business. It's cute. It is. It is quite common. But it's not an effective differentiation to encourage or impress the owner to want to sign mm. with you and not your competitors. It really just, it, it, it's, it's not effective. I mean, how you kind of get around that um, would be, we are a family run business and unlike other family run businesses in the area, we have certain qualifications. For example, my mother, my father, my wife, my, whatever it is. And you can detail and break down the qualification so the person actually knows how unique they are to the business. And when you say things like, and mm. unlike other family run businesses in the area, you start to put a wedge between you and you're qualifying that point of difference. But everyone leaves that unqualified. We're a family run business. The other thing that I see um, a lot of trends around Arizona in general um, is a lot of people moving to the pod style system. And they say, we have a team of people that handle all the different elements of running your property. And you will expect to get a phone call from any one of them, depending on who is touching which part. So can you imagine that you're a prospective owner and you're wanting to call a professional outfit to maintain and manage your investment property so you don't have to. And bear in mind, a lot of people manage their own property in America. Mm. You're giving, you want to give property to someone else. Why would you want to have 10 different people calling you throughout the year about things happening with your property? How are you going to form a relationship? And, that, and that's the truth is I, I remember an agency here in South Australia that uh, quite a large prominent agency that had for a time a pod structure. And so there was four different people uh, in, com uh, in communication with the owner. Um, what can I say? All Indians and no chiefs. No one's taking responsibility. And in the end, they lost a lot of owners because the owner just didn't know who to talk to didn't have one key relationship with one person who actually took responsibility. Now we like the pod systems out there, but people remember owners want to deal with one key person, not mm. a tribe of Indians. They want to deal with one chief. Oh, look, pod systems can work um, remarkably if they're, if they're implemented correctly. We were, you know, yeah, I, we were pod as well. We were, you know, we, we were task based with the BDM and a leasing agent. And then we had the pod system, um, throughout and hey, we, we uh, obviously were prepared for growth and we had to do that uh, and it worked really well um, So, uh, you know, and I've seen some good pod systems out there. They do work well um, However, you know, you, you know as we know property management on its own you already have the issues of that high staff turnover So which brings us to another point of difference Michael that seems to be very recurring doesn't matter what suburb what state or what country we're dealing with, they all say they've got 50 years of experience, Michael. Mm. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, 
So was it, was that the case in Phoenix? What 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 other points of difference did you uh, come across, Michael? You know, I guess um, as technology um, enhances and becomes better and better, and the CRMs are lifting their game, and I think I do think the American CRMs are lacking a lot compared to other CRMs around the world. Um, but now we're telling everyone that we have 24-7 access for our um, tenancy portals, okay? Um, two years ago, three years ago, that was a point of difference because people hadn't upgraded their, their system. But a majority of people in your marketplace are using the same software that you are, so everybody has access to this portal. The tenants have access, the owners have access. So again, you need to put that wedge in between and put that qualification of why that is a point of difference to have a 24-7 portal available to the tenant. Because it's at the moment, it's a broad sweeping statement that there's access on a tenancy portal. The other thing too, everyone used to rely on, we used to get our professional photos done. We used to do this, like virtual tours. A lot of people are starting to do virtual tours now. That's probably more of a clearer point of difference. But everyone is getting photos taken. Explain to us why your photos are any different to any other agency. Yes, you're going to charge for it. No, you're not going to charge for it. It doesn't matter. But if you're saying this is a point of difference, why are your photos better than if someone two doors up the road or, you know, two kilometers? I guess in, um, in Phoenix, though, Darren, um, the blocks are like two miles long. So your competitor might be on the next block two or three miles up the road. Um, you need to be able to have that wedge there and actually describe why your photos are better than someone else's. These are points of difference. You can go and get a Burger King burger, a McDonald's burger, a Five Guys burger, an In-N-Out burger. What makes, you know, they're all beef burgers. What makes them different from each other? What, are, what yeah. defines them? In-N-Out burger has loaded fries. <laughs> I love loaded fries. Honey, that what we've got came from Phoenix. We actually, uh, we actually know a realtor that um, used to own uh, and manage several in and out burgers as well. I mean, mm. a big shout out to Heather. Um, so, uh, you know, she's a good friend of ours. I was messaging her today. So, um, in and out yep. burgers. Her what and I had one host Heather was in, in uh, for us in, in, in Phoenix. But just continuing yeah. on. Okay, so in a nutshell, in a summary so far, we've had... Um, we had people picking up the phone. That's awesome. We had people following us up, all of that. We didn't have any real issues there. What we did have is people not taking responsibility. I'm sorry. So sad. Too bad. I'm not the person to do with. I'll get such and such to call you. So there really wasn't any real taking responsibility for the inquiry when it came through, which uh, stalled things. Also, some ineffective points of difference. Um, and, um, and I think Michael, uh, driving in that wedge, why is that point of difference? You know, being a family owned business, why is that a real benefit to, to the person? I think you also made a good comment on the portal. Yes, everyone's got the same sort of portal, but there's a person that promotes it effectively is the one that has the perception of only having the portal. Um, now what was a company um really good experience i think you said you had one outstanding experience out of the the 10 that were called what happened there and why was it good what were some points around that yeah i, I guess um to put a nice flavorsome um, tone on there this was at a time when the reception answered the phone um was able to take out details pass it on to the BDM. Mm. The BDM called us back within about an hour, which is totally fine. Um, and that BDM was able to answer every single question that we had 
with confidence, was diligent, and, and gave us advice about investing um, and, and you know covered off all the local points to what we should be looking for and what was important to us in finding a property management company. They were Michael, they also emailed the information back straight away too within um, a good period of time. Yeah, they, they, they did. We, they were really open about it. There was no, they weren't trying to hide, I'm not saying anyone's trying to hide anything, but they were really, really helpful. They let us know, um, they knew their numbers. They knew average days on market. They knew how many leases they had last month. They knew how many people walked through all their doors in the last um, 30 days. They knew how many um, property managers there were to the team, how many doors each property manager managed. They were statistical, analytical. Um, they knew the area well, and they had an answer for everything that more than satisfied our questions. Mm -hmm. No, that, that, that's really good. All right, well, let, let's just take an, uh, let's go to the next section of the, of the SMR report, the Secret Shopper report, and let's talk about fees. And uh, you've given me the fee matrix, a fee spreadsheet showing all of the fees that were uh, quoted by everybody. We've got everyone's details, which is great. And um, just starting with the, the management fees. Now, I'm not going to be going into the details of this report. Of course, our client has, has paid for this and they've got all of the numbers and all of the figures that everybody quoted. But already I can see there um, the management fee um, was interesting being the main fee that most owners focus on and get concerned about, it looks like around about a 50-50% of the agents there of the, what we call do a fixed rate per month. Yeah, flat fee. They're doing a, a, a traditional percentage. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely that, that mix, that divide there. And um, I guess my recommendation, no, I can't give you a recommendation. I guess if you want a recommendation, you've got to ask us about getting a report done. Mm. I, I also saw, you know, these people quoting a fixed amount per month, there's like a massive swing, um, you know, uh, of around about 30% difference in the numbers. Now, I posted a meme into the Inspired Growth Training Facebook page yesterday of some guys building a wall, the bricks were all wonky and all over the place. It's quite a picture to behold. And it was, you know, the, the, the title was, well, um, if they're cheap, they're cheap for a reason. Um, otherwise, they would be charging more. And I know also from the conversations I've had with Phoenix agents, they go a lot about, we hear a lot of, a lot more noise around the discounting frenzy that goes on in Phoenix a little bit more. And I've heard more noise than all the noise I get out of other cities and every other marketplace on the planet, but particularly Phoenix. And it does seem to be people saying, uh, and coming in really, really cheap, but no doubt they are cheap for a reason. They would know likely what other agents are charging, and despite knowing that, they're still coming in cheap because they, they, they're only pricing themselves at the level that they think they're worth. Moving on, um, let's talk about leasing fees. I saw a massive swing of people coming in a, you know, um, at, at half a month's rent right up to one month's rent um, leasing fee, which is a massive swing, again, coming down to people's, um, uh, uh, people's perception of themselves. Would you agree? Yeah, no, totally. And I, I think you're right. At one point in time, people got together and they spoke or they thought um, their pricing, they said, this is what's reasonable for real estate property management in the area. Um, yeah, without going, saying that they're colluding or anything. Um, the, the, it's just, it's amazing to kind of see. There's, there's no, I find there's no real structure to the pricing there. 
Can I, can I just come in and actually have a look? A third of agents don't actually have a leasing fee. I've just realized that. The rest then have, have a, a, a half and then the rest have this full. Um, so there's this massive swing again, but it's really the other fees that got me because talking about to American real estate agents that you should be charging and on charging your marketing fee, it's, they look at me like a deer in headlights, like what? You can't do that. What's the management fee for? What's the leasing fee for? Yet we've come across two agencies um, that are actually uh, three agencies that are charging uh, quite a reasonable marketing fee for what we see in the States. I'm saying, well done. They're obviously charging it. They believe they're worth it. No doubt they are justifying it. So they get it. Um, and there's other fees as well. Like um, we've, we've, we've got agents, one agency charging a lease preparation fee. There's another one, uh, three agencies charging for repairs and maintenance. There's um, a one agency charging an account setup fee. There's one agent charging for a routine inspection. And guess what? Those agencies that are charging for those additional fees, they're getting it. And the agents that aren't charging it because they don't believe they should be, are not. And I, I think it leads me to a story I had with an agency that called us up some years ago in New Mexico. Um, and there was like five agencies in town um, and they're all charging the same management fee. No one was charging a leasing fee. No one was charging a lease renewal fee. No one was charging a marketing or routine inspection fee. There was nothing. And this agency said, Darren, we're charging the same as everyone else in town, but we're so much better. And so I said, all right, well, let's work on this strategy. Keep your management fee the same, but we added in a leasing fee, a lease renewal fee, an inspection fee, and another fee, plus also improve their tenant fees because you can charge tenant fees in the United States. Um, and, that, and they blasted it. They went from $125 per property per month or per door per month to um, three years later, they were measuring $266. Um, uh, per, per door, per property, per month. It's, that's more than a 100% increase. And this was around the ancillary fee. So I just want to encourage everybody, particularly in Phoenix, particularly in the United States, do not ignore your add-on fees. That's where the power is, particularly when owners focus on the management fee, if not the leasing fee. It's the other stuff that flies under the radar. So guys, if you're interested in, what was that? That is just bananas. It is. It is it, crazy. I'm going to hand the reins back over to you because I've been monologuing too long. But guys, if you're interested in better fees, just go to Darren at IGTmail.com or just send us a message at secretshopperfiles.com. But Michael, that was my findings on the fees. It's just they're leaving so much money on the table, but don't we come across that often? Yeah, but I think also largely a lot of the agencies um, were born from solving a problem that they found in the marketplace that they wanted to be able to give better service to their clients. Mm. And, and I think the fees were largely additions to what they started with their mind. And so they started with their leasing, that's so their, um, their, you know, their percentage or the fixed fee, because uh, they thought that's what they um, should be charging. And then they did all these other things that were free. And I don't think a lot of the people there have revisited what their fees are and what the market um, um, would actually pay for services like that and like you say um darren the big butt gets in the way but there is room to move in the market to lift your game and charge the fee we know that there are owners out there that will pay you what you are worth yeah if, if you can certainly show people um 
that you know your property should be managed by, by putting in some basic systems etc in place you know you'll be able to uh, be charging those correct fees i mean let, 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 let's be honest it doesn't matter what country it was property management grew from the, the tail end of sales right a, a person would sell a property the owner would manage it find a tenant themselves etc um ha however they would the property management grew within a real estate office when those investors said i don't have time to do it i need you to do it and it grew so darren can i just say mate hold my beer for a second you were on fire you were doing a great job and you're passionate but i'd now like to talk about the social media aspect of the stuff that we yeah, saw just before yeah. we go guys i just want to say out okay there, let me have my beer back yeah 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 that's good. <laughs> just, just i wanted to say one more thing there's about 500 maybe even a thousand dollars per door per year that these agencies could work in with some extra add-on fees so you, if you're listening to this you go okay if you've got 500 doors or 400 doors um of course the americans like to use the word doors america australia new zealand we use the word properties but indoors here if we had 500 properties or doors times by 500 that's an extra quarter million dollars pure profit so these are the sort of numbers and 500 dollars guys is very very tame so all right dennis over to you um let's talk about the digital strength what did what did you find around social media and and what did you guys find out yeah, I, I was quite surprised that um, the. I, I want to talk about Google. If I, I'll just talk about Google first before we get into the other social aspect of it. I mean, technology. Michael was talking about it earlier with um, CRMs. When a person's going to walk, if they're not feeling like they're getting that um, information for whoever's on the phone, they're going to Google, right? And the Google presence it, it, it tended to lack. Um, now, a lot of the people, they look at the reviews. It's great seeing the reviews when um, the replies are being answered, that the, the business owners are actually replying a Google review. I like it. However, they're not replying the complaints. And that is a common theme that we found in this report. Nobody is replying the complaints. A potential landlord isn't looking at the positive reviews. They're looking at the negative. So they've got an idea of what potentially they're going to be facing. And if these business owners aren't actually replying the reviews it could be a tenant that's going oh my goodness they didn't give me my security deposit back if an owner just said well look you know we were um thank you for the review um however we are in the interest of the owners and you were given the property in a particular condition and in times where it's not handed back to our agency um in the same condition uh we do sometimes have to get a truck in to remove the rubbish from the backyard, get a painter in, get a cleaner in, and um, etc. A potential owner reading that is going to love it. They're going to think, wow, this agency has got my back. When they're not replying, it, it shows guilt. It just shows guilt. Okay. Yeah, Are it's they acting on our best interests? It's, it's all unanswered. And like, you know, it leaves it leaves the wandering mind um, exactly that. Wandering to kind of say, well, this must be the worst case outcome if they're not going to defend themselves or at least come back at it. And in America too, you have such a, a, a wide brush stroke that you can reply to your reviews. Unlike other um, parts of the world where there are stronger privacy laws, um, you can actually be brutal. We're not telling you to be brutal. We're just saying reply and, and write it as though someone else is reading it. Um, mm. I mean, we can touch on the other thing too that, that um, lacks is Instagram and, yeah. and Facebook. And I guess that whole combo there too. So 
you're dealing with people that are in multiple different demographic ranges, okay? So from when they buy their first property, we know people in the States, you know, um, sons have been buying properties since they were 16 years old. You need to be tapping into these demographics because your service needs to be applicable to everyone out there that has a heartbeat, that owns, wants to own, knows someone that owns a property. So be visible on those platforms. And I guess again, we see it consistently on this report too, a very small portion of people were actively across all the platforms. So make sure you do your research, you find out what Instagram is about, um, the stories on there, more eyeballs are on the stories. And I mean, you guys are blessed. You have got such a beautiful landscape there. Why wouldn't you be out there taking photos, pushing that on social media and drawing on the emotional heartstrings of the local people that kind of say, I know that place, I've been there, I walk there, I eat there, I drink there, I dance there. You know, you are going to get that recognition. I mean, just by going and attending local cafes, local restaurants, I mean, maybe not what with COVID um, is on, but when you can do it, be out there, be visible. Lifestyle. But they're not doing it, Dennis. Like, they're just not No, I know. But, you know, they should be, as you know, as the, the three of us know, you don't just put a photo on Instagram and show the people that you're being present within your local community, but you tag that business that you're at so that business owner knows that you are promoting their business as well. You know, you then become top of mind for them and for their followers, etc. You know, do, do a 15-second video there um, as well. Add it to your stories and, and show that consistency of you um, being a community leader and becoming the, the top of mind. So Instagram, I was really, really surprised, really surprised that there's, um, there was hardly anyone that was even touching it. And, and if we talk about Facebook, nobody's even got their, their tags and opening hours completed on, on the Facebook pages. They're not even saying that they're a real estate office. Um, you know, um, and just the opening hours makes the biggest I think, difference Michael, you well. mentioned the word backyarder. You saw a lot more what we call backyarders there. What, what, what is a backyarder? Yeah, a lot of mum and dad operations, those that um, wanting to make a difference um, to, to the world, but in, in a micro capacity, I guess. Um, they have friends and family with um, a few doors and they will manage the doors on their behalf and then they will take on other properties just through a natural um, process there. No real structure in place. If things go were to go wrong, they would be um, open to, I guess, legal avenues there, um, as opposed to some of the people there, they're actually taking the next step, the next level, putting in the processes, manuals, workflows, having staff, having the, the, full, the, the full procedure there of, you know, um, finding a tenant, finding a property, putting them in, leases, managing the property throughout the year. Um, there is that divide. Unlike, you know, Australia, for example, New Zealand or Australia where it's more regulated. Um, you look at countries like America where there are a lot of mum and dad operations there that shouldn't actually be doing property management, right? Like the property should be given just to, to a professional working full time on it. And it's not just a, uh, a secondary occupation there. I guess that's also kind of a little bit more fearful um, going through COVID where people are losing their jobs. Are more smaller operators going to try and pick up um, in these areas where they don't need to be licensed, regulated, and um, even worse, are they going to take back properties from the managing agents that are looking after the properties now to try and save a few dollars? How is that going to look in the marketplace? And if, you're, if you are a local agent in, in this area, be mindful of this and use it to your advantage. Have your professional um, uh, standards and morals and values plastered on your website, on your socials, everywhere. Let people know 
why they should be doing business with you. And again, going back to what I said earlier, your points of difference, make sure if it's a family run business, explain the qualifications of the family. Okay. Like um, put that wedge mm-hmm. in there. If you're using technology, explain how it's going to benefit that prospective owner. And, you know, rather than saying we have a 24 seven portal access, what does that mean for the owner? How is that going to benefit them? Can they see their statements? You know, when are they going to get their rent paid? Be clearer on your points of difference. It's easy. We could go on for yeah. hours, Darren, but we're not. It's a, it's a podcast. So, it's short. So let, let's start to wrap this up a bit. Now, we delivered the report to our client. Mm-hmm. Um, what was some of the usefulness that our client got out of it? Perhaps do you remember why he wanted to get the report done in the first place? Yeah, I think it was like they ran their own operation. And, and i got to say, Darren, they're very good. Like we, we really very well. appreciated um, them. They, they are good. Um, we, we love their enthusiasm, their service levels. Um, I even think they were surprised like where they where they sat um, in there. They chose um, competitors that they weren't too familiar with. And I guess they wanted to know where they were sitting in, in the marketplace. And uh, you, you secret shopped them without telling them. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. Well we added them to the list. And their, their confidence, um, their self-worth as agents, actually, you could see the smile on the client's face, um, that they, their confidence was growing as mm-hmm. we were going through the report. And, and you know what? That actually brings joy to us as well. Yes, we can nitpick at some of the things, but the idea is we're pointing out these areas so it can showcase the things that people have got to do to improve. And um, this particular client, you know, um, that their confidence, it, it went up. It was really yep. good to see. Yep. Once yeah. they knew the truth about where they sit in the market and the truth of perhaps of their competitors, I think everyone's got a perception of the strength of their competitors. But when uh, a, a strategic market report, a secret shopper report, we go in, we can reveal and expose all sorts of things that, they weren't even aware of that just elevates uh, the the client's confidence um, to really dominate and lead, which is what they want to do. Well, we're doing a comparable market analysis of the real estate offices uh, where they're sitting in it, like uh, a BDM should be doing for an owner with the vacant properties or the houses for sale. We're doing it for the real estate office. And um, yeah, and it really opens up some eyes and it really, um, you know, and sometimes these reports, they certainly highlight that, you know, you are lacking in a particular area. Then they know what to put in place to improve, which is great. I mean, it's all about bettering the industry and that's what we like about it. So, I mean, these reports are like, they're 120, 130 plus pages long, incredibly comprehensive, some amazing detailed information. Well done, Michael, to you and your team putting this together. So let's wrap it up. Of course, if you are interested in getting a report done on your marketplace, just email or just go to secretshopperfiles.com. That's secretshopperfiles.com. And we'll be in touch with you um, and give you a quote. Uh, and also we can have a chat about your needs in your marketplace. So great podcast, guys. Well done on one of our favorite places, Phoenix, um, and uh, such a beautiful place. And again, to all the people in Phoenix, thank you so much for your hospitality. We look forward to getting back there again. So thanks, lads. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, you can't cook an egg without cracking that shell to start. So just get out there and contact us so we can help you as well. We did find some places in Phoenix with excellent bacon, though. Good bacon and eggs, a few little diners there. Yep. All righty. Thanks, guys. Take care.